This show is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to contribute as little as $1 a month to help fund this podcast, please visit our website at www.lemmelistenpodcast.com and click on the Patreon logo. If you can't, or just don't want to, no biggie. won't hurt. We just want to drain your living essence. Then you can be the same as the other podlings here. A slave. I am not a podling. Open the wall. You don't need to open the wall. I'm good. Now, podling. Again, not a podling. Get me out of this chair. Great shaft of the castle. And a lovely shaft it is. Position the reflector. Do we have to? The reflector will capture the beams of the dark crystal floating high above. Look into the reflector, podling. Feel the power of the dark crystal. You know, I felt the power of the crystal last week, and I don't think I need to. you of your fears, your thoughts, your vital essence. Fantasy is my favorite movie genre. The prequels are misunderstood art. Mm. Kubrick is an overrated hack. Ah, you're very lucky, slave. Only the emperor can drink your essence. I hope it's yummy for his tummy. Welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, its reputation is good? I think it's good. Is it good? I think it's mostly good. Yeah, I think, I think. it's mostly good. Yeah. yeah. What movie are we going to be reviewing today? We are going to review the 1982 puppet adventure film... <laughs> The Dork Crystal. The Dark Crystal. The whoa. Dark Crystal. Whoa, whoa. The, the what crystal? The Dark Crystal. That's right, puppet adventure film. Well, what else would you call it? You. It's an adventure film. It's, it's, it's a sci-fi fantasy adventure movie. Starring puppets. Just because they're puppets doesn't mean anything. It's a puppet adventure film. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Hey, I, Steve. Yeah. What, what were no, you going to say? I was going to say. Go ahead. I, I, didn't what? S- I didn't say I had a problem with there being puppets in it. Yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> you got me there. Coming in hot. Anyway, so. <laughs> hey, Steve. Do you uh-huh. have any trivia for this movie? <laughs> um, It's the subject of the last episode of our podcast. No, um, it's. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, Okay, so this was, I believe, uh, the first live-action movie where there are no human actors present on screen, uh, or at least evidently present. There there are a couple of, of wide shots where the characters are are people in costumes that are running or climbing or whatever but but mm-hmm. other than that it's every, every character is a puppet or an animatronic creature or something mm-hmm. there there are no uh human 
actors evident on screen, even though it is a completely live action movie. Um, yeah. Also, the film was uh, based on notes written by Jim Henson and his daughter Cheryl while they were snowed in at Kennedy Airport in 1978. Yep. How about that? Um, and one more thing, uh, an early draft of the script featured a storyline where Jen and Kira were going to travel through the underworld and encounter mm -hmm. a race of subterranean creatures and that bit didn't make it into the finished film. Uh, but Jim Henson said, I'm gonna hang on to that. And he took that yep. concept and retooled it. And a year or so later, it was used as the basis for Fraggle Rock, which everybody That's knows right. and loves if they are of a certain age. So yeah, there you everybody go. Everybody loves your Fraggles. <laughs> Anything else? That's it. I only have one piece of trivia that I really want to uh, share with you guys, and that is in the original cut and the way that this was performed, the Skeksis spoke a different language. Mm, yeah. And so they came up with this Skeksi language, they performed it, and that was in the original cut, and there were going to be subtitles underneath the Skeksis. And when the studios finally got together and they took a look at the film, they went, um, this is one step too far. <laughs> <laughs> This is one step too far, Jim. We kind of need the ba main bad guys to speak English. So they went in, they got vo the same voice actors went in, and they said their lines in, um, excuse me, in English. Mm. And one of the reasons why they speak the way they do, why they kind of sound a little stupid, is because they're trying to match <laughs> the dialogue to the mouth movements. So right. they had to change what they were saying. Um, you'll notice that a lot of the Skeksis get really articulate when their mouth isn't on the screen. And that's why. Because <laughs> they could say whatever they want. Yeah. yeah. All right, you ready for who made it? Let's do do it. It was directed by Jim Henson. I know. You're, I can't. I'm not I'm not going to insult your intelligence audience by telling you what else Jim Henson has done. It's like telling you what else Disney did. It's <laughs> crazy. Didn't he do something with like a frog and a pig? Yeah. And, a... yeah. and also Frank Oz. And you guys know Frank Oz. He was Yoda. And he and he directed some movies in the 80s and 90s that were actually pretty good. Oh, yeah. Including my one of my favorite musicals ever, which was Little Shop of Horrors. It was produced by Jim Henson and Gary Kurtz. And Gary Kurtz um, produced Star Wars movies and American Graffiti. Screenplay by David O'Dell. And um, he wrote for The Muppet Show. And he also wrote one other movie, Steve. What, what other movie did he write? Supergirl. Oh, David. Supergirl is stalking us, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I turn around, I, I see a shadow behind me, and I look, and she's <laughs> she's never there, but I always feel that she is close. Uh -huh. Story by Jim Henson. Starring, and this is going to get complicated, guys, because there were multiple people working these puppets. Mm -hmm. As Jen was portrayed by Stephen Garlick as the voice, Jim Henson as the main puppeteer, and Kieran Shaw. Now, you'll know Kieran Shaw. He's been in a lot of movies. He's an Indian little person, and he was for the wide shots where they had to have Jen run around and do stuff. Yeah. Kira as uh, was performed by Lisa Watt Maxwell as the voice, Catherine Mullen as the puppeteer, and Kieran Shaw again, far away. Agra was produced, was uh, performed uh, vocally by Billy Whitelaw, um, puppeteered by Frank Oz, and also Kieran Shaw again. He got a lot of work. Oh, there yeah. was not a time where he wasn't in costume. But by Kieran Shaw and Mike Edmonds for the wide moving around shots. Fizz gig, the animal every child wants to own. <laughs> it was 
was actually created by Frank Oz. Frank Oz said, hey, you know what we need? We need an animal that shows that Kira is actually kind of caring, but we want the opposite. We want it to be, you know, how usually a dog will attract another person of the opposite sex. We want the opposite of that. We want one that would, would try to attack <laughs> anyone that gets close to her. <laughs> so they created Fizzgig, and Fizzgig was voiced by Percy Edwards and performed by Dave Goals. And you know Dave Goals. He is um, a puppeteer from the Muppet Show, and uh, he does Gonzo. Yeah, Chamberlain, which is one of the Skeksis, uh, was performed by Barry Denon. Um, I'm sorry, the voice web by Barry Denon and puppeteered by Frank Oz. The Skeksis costumes were heavy, and they were full-body costumes, and they had to walk around them. They had a little TV monitor in them and all this other stuff. It is an impressive bit of puppetry. Uh, the General was voiced by Michael Kilgariff and um, performed by Dave Goles. Ritual Master was performed uh, by uh, excuse me, was voiced by Jerry Nelson and performed by Jim Henson. The Scientist was performed and voiced by Steve Whitmer. Another, that's another guy from from uh, the uh, from the Muppet Show. Yeah, from Jim Henson's stable. Uh, he also plays like oh geez, um, I think Robin and I can't remember who else. I'm sorry. Oh, and he was Kermit for many years too. Yeah, he was Kermit for yeah. a long time after after Jim passed away. Yeah, uh, the Gourmand was voiced by Thick Wilson. <laughs> I really. <laughs> hope that's not his real name i hope it is and puppeteered by Luis gold the ornamentalist was performed and voiced by brian mule the scroll keeper was voiced by john batty and battle Baddle, excuse me and performed by bob payne slave master was voiced by david buck and performed by mike quinn the treasurer was uh voiced by charles collingwood and puppeteered by tim rose and then we have the mystics and i'm just going to name all the people who played the mystics sean barrett <laughs> brian mule richard slaughter david greenway Jean-Pierre Amil, Hugh Spite, Robert, uh, Robbie Barnett, Sweet, uh, uh, I think I'd maybe I, I'm, I'm going to, it could be Sweet Lim, yeah. but it could also be Sweet Lim. Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> One of those. Mm -hmm. Simon Williamson, Huss Levant, and Toby Philpot. Narrated by Joseph O'Connor. Music by Trevor Jones, who also did the music for Excalibur, Labyrinth, Mississippi Burning, and The Last of the Mohicans. Cinematographer by Oswald Morris, who had made sh a shit ton of movies. Um, and this was his, unfortunately, this was his last film. Edited by Ralph Kemplin, who uh, worked a lot with John Huston and also has decades worth of films that he has edited. And this is also his last film. So there's a curse, Steve. Oh. There's a dark curse. Curse. Oh no! Where if you were in your in your seventies when you when you made it, somehow you died within the next ten years. Oh my God! It's otherworldly. I know. It's terrible. Production companies, Henson Associates and ITC Entertainment. ITC Entertainment are the people responsible for bringing us The Muppet Show. Distributed by Universal Pictures and Associated Film Distribution. Release date, December 17th, 1982. Running time, 93 minutes. Uh. Budget, $25 million, Adjusted for inflation, $66 million. Box office, $41 million, Adjusted for inflation, $109 million. So it made its money back, but the planned... Dark Crystal sequel was never made. No. Until <laughs> someone said, let's make a prequel. Okay. And let's make it a TV series. Okay. And let's have Jason watch it from beginning to end over one day. So his brain can <laughs> fall out and his eyes will hurt. And then you got a thank you card from Netflix. That's right. They said, thanks for sticking with us. Mm-hmm. So, Steve... 
Yes. Are you ready? I am to ready. Go to go to the magical world of Thra. <laughs> oh, I'm so Where the ready. The gelflings once roamed, and the podlings dance in the swamp. Oh yes. Are you ready to confront the evil Skeksis? No. Nope. Find comfort with the mystics. Oh boy. Then let's, you and I, run screaming madly <laughs> into the world of the Dark Crystal. Steve, take it away. Oh, boy. I hope you like narration. I do. Because this movie needs it. There's a <laughs> lot of narration. There's a... There's a, a, a bit of exposition that we have to get through before we That's get right. to the story. Uh, we learn about uh, the Skeksis who have lived for a thousand years and now there's only 10 of them left. And, uh-huh. and they, have, they, they live in a castle with the dark crystal that was... It's a pretty big purple crystal. It's a big purple crystal and, and it was, uh, it was uh, shattered a thousand years ago and a shard was knocked off of it, but the, the crystal's mm-hmm. still there. And uh, they, they have a ceremony where they gather around the crystal and the sun hits it and they all drink in its light and it rejuvenates them. But this time, even though they get rejuvenated by the crystal, they're still a little bummed because... Their emperor is dying, and they're going to have to yep. choose a new emperor today. That's right. Yeah. And then where would we go? And then we go to uh, the other major race of people in this world, which are the mystics. And they've also mm-hmm. been where they are for a thousand years. And and this time, their ritual of the sun does not give them any comfort. No, because the wisest of the mystics, he's also dying. Yeah. That's interesting. That's too bad. That's too bad. And then we then we meet Jen. Yeah, yeah, who likes to sit naked by the river and play his flute. Fuck it. Who, who, there's nobody else there. Nobody's watching, as far as he I'm knows. I'm surprised he didn't walk back in naked. As, as far as he knows, he is the last of the Gelflings. That's right. And he has, he was raised by the wisest of the mystics. Uh huh. Yeah. And he's he doesn't seem too upset because he's happily playing his flute. Yeah. Well, he's you know he's trying to take his mind off it. Uh-huh. You know. And then he comes back into town, and the mystics move really slow. Yeah. And they've got like three arms, and mm-hmm. they have these long tails, and they like making sand, uh, sand things in the sand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they do a lot of sand stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes in, and he's like, "Hey, master, what's going on?" And he's like, "I'm dying." And he's like, "Oh." <laughs> okay. There's a lot of stuff I probably should have told you, but I didn't. Okay. Yeah, anyway, come okay. here. <laughs> so you gotta go. And find uh, the shard and heal the dark crystal. Why? Just shut up. <laughs> Look, just go with it, okay? I'm going to show you some stuff in this magic bowl of water. So here we go. There's Agra's <laughs> place. Go see her. She's great. Or not. I don't know. Go see her. <laughs> Dead. Get the shard. Get the shard and heal the crystal, Devin. <laughs> Yeah. And now I'm going to... I don't know. Okay, shh, I learned this trick from Yoda. Yeah, yeah exactly. He, he dies. But no, we cut, we cut back to, we cut back to the, the evil crystal palace. Yes. And they're all gathered around the bed of the emperor. Yep. Who doesn't look that great. No, but he's still got a little bit of fire left in him because one of oh. the other Skeksis reaches for his... Chamberlain. Chamberlain. Cham- he reaches for his staff and the emperor's like, I'm not dead yet. Fuck you. Mine, like, mine. <laughs> and then and then he dies. He just you And know. he crumbles up in the dust. Oh yeah. Like Dracula when the sun hits him. It was you know. And the four year olds in the audience peed a little. I thought this was the Muppets. 
<laughs> Why did that muppet turn into into dust, mommy? Is that what died? Is that what's gonna happen to Kermit when Kermit <laughs> dies? Oh, here I go. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, piggy. <laughs> yep. And then we cut back to the Mystics camp, and the Mystics just kind of little lights appear on them, and it disappears. Yeah. And Jen, Jen's like, no. Oh. oh, this sucks. I guess I better go do what he told me to go do. <laughs> and he leaves. Yeah. He's like, I'm going on. And then we have hiking, 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 hiking. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And how do, because here's, here's where my memory starts getting a little funky. Then the Skeksis have to fight over who's going to be boss. Right, because what Chamberlain says, I'm the emperor, and then one of the other ones says, no, you're not, I, I challenge. And they have a whole yeah. thing that they have to and do. And then they have a trial by stone. Yeah, where they take turns hacking a big stone, and I, I guess whoever yeah. knocks it in, who knocks, whoever knocks it over first wins. Whoever so. cuts the biggest piece out of it, Steve. Uh, Come well, on. Pay well, attention oh, because, to their culture. Because that Dismiss was... Dismiss this racist person, you. <laughs> because that Just was... because they don't look like you. Because they look like, like reptile alligator vultures. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I apologize, because that was so well explained in the movie. These... these <laughs> These puppets take big-ass swords and just start hacking away at a stone. Right. And I'm supposed so, to intuit that it's about the biggest piece. And, <laughs> Chamberlain and the general hack away at the stone. Yeah. And the general cuts the stone in half. Yeah. And they're like, okay, you win. Yeah. He's emperor now. Yeah. And then they tell the others to attack Chamberlain. Right. Well, they do. They take all his clothes out off of him and they and they yeah. banish him. They say, get lost, yeah. Chamberlain. Yeah, because they look all big and important in all of their clothing. But when you strip all that stuff off, he's like this miserable, skinny, gross thing. Yeah. And they're like, get out of here. And he leaves. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jim's still walking around. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he sees a whole bunch of goofy creatures. And then he gets caught up in a bunch of tentacles from these goofy creatures. And then a lady is holding her eyeball in her hand yeah. and our little four-year-old goes mommy <laughs> oh my god can i do that he's just reaching for his eye no i want to see like that no no <laughs> put your hand down and he meets he meets the cranky landlady of thra yes which is which is agra agra yeah mm-hmm. and she's like oh you're gelfling and he's like yeah and he's like oh i'll show you my neat house and she <laughs> leads her leads him up to her neat she has an orrery yes which is beautiful oh it's it's yeah it's one of the best set pieces in the whole movie it's yeah and she says this is how i know everything that's going to happen and this is how i know that it's almost time for the great conjunction when the three sons will come together and we have to sing a song called Conjunction Junction. Conjunction Junction. What's your function? Skeksis rule forever, or will golf leagues come back alive? I got to work on the second lyric. Anyway, I wasn't expecting company. I did. Yeah, and she's like, uh, "I got charts. I got lots of them." Yeah, pick pick out, out the right one because uh, Jen's master showed him a little like thing. Yeah, right? yeah, like a little. And um, <laughs> so he's got it narrowed down to three of them. Yeah, and they're like. Don't they? Wait. Oh, uh, a crystal bat. We forgot about a crystal bat. A crystal oh, bat yeah. sees Jen. Yeah. And and it comes back and uh, the Skeksis freak the fuck out. Well, yeah. Well, because there's a prophecy that says that the, the a Gelfling will destroy them. And they're yeah, like, that's right. oh, shit, I thought we killed all of them. There's one Quick, left. Let's send out some more nightmares for the four-year-old in the fourth row. Oh, boy. And and he calls for the Gartham. Oh, man. <laughs> 
which are these big crab spider nightmare yeah. things. Oh, yeah. They have, like, big beetle shells on their backs. and Glowy yeah, they're eyes. All, they're, like, black and Mommy! red. And, yeah. Yeah. Those aren't real, are they, Bobby? <laughs> Only if you're a bad little boy. Uh-huh. And so uh, then we come back to Jen, and he's like, "How he has it nailed? Uh, he has it narrowed down to three of them." And then for no reason at all, he says, "I'm going to play my flute at it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll fix it, and it works. The the one that that turns purple is uh, the right one, yeah. I guess." He's like, "I'll take this." And Augur's like, "Holy shit! <laughs> How I never thought to play a flute at it." Yeah. Oh, that's great. Cool. <laughs> You better get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that's when the uh, the Gartham, the beetle monster things, show up and just yep. tear the whole place down. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he falls out a window, and he goes tumbling down a mountain, doesn't die five times doing it. Nope. Looks back up, and Agra's place is all burned up, and we're like, oh, no, Agra. Oh, well. But who else is there? Uh, Chamberlain. Oh, yeah, that's right. Chamberlain is there. He's like, yeah, yeah. Chamberlain's like, I got to check this shit out. Hey. He wants to be back in good graces. He's tired of walking around on rags. That's right. He's a skexy, goddammit. He's one of the masters of Thra. (laughs) (laughs) And it's also around this point that the mystics start walking toward the castle. Yeah, they go, oh, but let's time to beat Cheeks. Time for the great conjunction junction. And then they're all just all moving. And they move at about half a mile an hour. Yeah, they're not they're not in a hurry. No, no, they, no. Because you know why? Be? Because they left on time. And if you leave on time, there's no need to speed. <laughs> ah, so now Jen is in kind of like this forest bog swamp place. Yeah. And there are a lot of animals in it. Oh, yeah. Everything is something, as Marge Simpson might say. Yeah, everything is something. (laughs) And Jen runs afoul of a fizz gig. Yeah. And it barks at him, and he falls down in some water, and he hears giggling. And who does he see? He meets Kira, who is another gelfling? A gelfling girl. A girl gelfling. Finally, he'll know what to do with his penis. <laughs> oh, thank God. But he reaches up, and she reaches down, and what happens? Well, their hands touch, and then they have this weird experience where they see each other's dreams, and they learn each other's backstory. And memories, And right. memories, yeah, yeah. And, and, and while they're doing that, they have the presence of mind to say, oh, we're dream fasting. Yeah. It's something what we do. And I've neither one of us has ever done it, I guess. I don't know, something... <laughs> Makes sense uh, to me. It's kind of like sex. If anybody's watched The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, it's kind of like sex. It's something you do with someone <laughs> privately. Um, so... <laughs> hey, baby, the kids are asleep. What do you say we open a bottle of wine and do a little dream fasting tonight? Yeah, huh? Come yeah on. exactly. Hey, you and me. <laughs> I'll lube up my hand. Oh, yeah. Put on the but red light. She gets him out of the water and yeah. she's like, Come back to my village, it'll be cool. What's that you've landed on? Oh, it's a little baby nebri, isn't it? Yeah. It's a little baby nebri. Like, oh that's cute. Cut to <laughs> <laughs> The the Skeksis are having dinner and guess what's and on we, the menu? <laughs> roast Nebri, my favorite. <laughs> and we discover how fucking disgusting these things are. <laughs> But they also use it for a little bit of character development. Like the ornamentalist is very dainty and has these little finger, these little finger forks. And, yeah. And and it's just gross. It's a lot of gross. It's a lot of gross. And um, there are these. They have these little servants, don't they, Steve? 
Yeah, the uh, the podlings. Yeah, and they got their their eyes look like they got cataracts, and they're all pale, and they seem completely out of it. And they're all eating, and then one of the Garthams show up. Yeah. And he's got a bag full of Agra. <laughs> and she's like, you morons. <laughs> <laughs> I could have brought you the Gelfling because I'm a bad guy? I don't know. <laughs> I play both sides. The Gelflings are going to come, and they're going to destroy you. And they're like, take her away. Uh. Jeez, I don't want to. Because Congress got big old titties. <laughs> and she's, I mean, she's like the most human out of every, yeah. all of these characters. Yeah. There's something about her makes me real uncomfortable. <laughs> just just take her away. Lock her up downstairs somewhere, please. Yeah, put her, take the side, lock her in the scientist room or something. <laughs> Jeez. And so then they go, oh, no, we don't. Let's release more crystal bats, and then we're going to get them. We're going to get them, right? Yeah. And I'm like, Sure. And then they eat some mice for dessert. Not mice, but little things. Little fuzzy things, little, yeah. Little fuzzy thing. And so then Kira takes Jen back to her village, and it's a village full of podlings. Yeah, and these podlings are a lot more lively than the ones yeah. in the castle, yeah. They like drinking and eating and playing music, and they're so happy. And Jen and her talk, and um, yeah, whatever. They're going to fall in love. They're, they're only two left. They, it's not like yeah. they have a whole lot of choice. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, um, what happens, Steve? <laughs> uh, uh, don't the, uh, the, 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 the Gartham attack up. again? Yeah. Yep, and they start picking up podlings and sticking them on baskets on their back because I guess they need slaves, but I also know what they need them for. And Jen and Kira are running away, and a Gartham starts coming at them, and who s- steps right in front of them? <gasps> it's, uh, the Chamberlain. Cham- yeah. Yeah, and he's like, stay like, back. You, yeah. Don't you do it. And they run, and they run, and they run, and they run. And then Jen says, I wish I'd never seen this crystal, and he throws it away. I guess that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. They just find it the next day. Right. They find it the next day, and they stumble upon some ruins. Yeah. And the ruins tell us stuff that we already know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good thing Jen knows how to read writing. It's a good thing that the studio insisted on there being a narrator. <laughs> <laughs> And it tells us basically that there were lots of Gelflings, and then the Skeksis showed up, and then the crystal was cracked, and there, look, there are the mystics, and the blah, 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 blah. And then the Chamberlain shows up. Yeah, and he wants to, he, he's like, hey, I can help you. What, let's go. Let's go back to the castle and make peace. Hey, my homies, yeah. what's up? <laughs> I, I'm totally down with you, yo. Let's make peace, because we're, yeah, and I'll take you back, and it'll be great. And they're like, fuck you, and they run away. Yeah. Oh, and um, is that when one of them stabs him? I think, that, yeah, Jen stabs him with the shard, yeah. And he bleeds a little from his hand, and then we cut to the mystics, and one of the mystics' hands bleeds. Mm, that's weird. That is weird. It's weird. That's super weird. Mm. Anyway, so... <laughs> They get in a boat. <laughs> Jen and not Jen and Kira, and not the Gartham. That would be impossible. They get in a boat, <laughs> and uh, my neighbors play music so loud in the middle of the afternoon that I I think it's going to wind up on this. Oh boy! Yay! I'm so glad they're playing music really loud in their car. I hope they're having a. I hope they're covering up crying. That's what I hope. I hope they're weeping yeah. and they have to play the music loud. <sighs> Oh, anyway, they get on. They get on a boat. Jem plays his flute. A crystal bat sees them, right? Yeah. And then, then it's time to. Oh, we might have reversed that though. I think they got on the boat. Then they went to the. Then they went to the. Oh, village. okay. Well, <laughs> because the next thing they do is they get on some land striders. And you describe that, Steve. Use use your words to describe the land strider. Uh, they're like really super. It's like they're all legs. 
They're like these weird, like bat-like lizard animals, but they don't fly. <laughs> they walk, and they have like these super long arms and legs. Yeah, yeah, and you kind of sit on top of them, and they take you from place to place. It's like if you got like a horse and you chopped off its head and you stretched its legs <laughs> way, way out what is to the be dad like saying, mommy. <laughs> We had to chop off a horse's head. <laughs> they're just they're just big, scary, gross monster things that you yeah, ride they're, around. They're not gross. They're, they're not neat. They're not gross, but they're kind of creepy looking. But they're gonna yeah. ride it. They're gonna ride it to the the palace because they gotta heal the crystal. Yeah. And uh, now we cut to science fun with the scientist in in the in the castle. And he takes a podling and he straps it down next to another podling into a chair. And he says, "Guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna make you stare at the dark crystal, and it's gonna suck your life force out into like a juice, so that we can drink it and live forever. It'll be fun." <laughs> and then he does it, and the little four year old goes. Mommy! <laughs> oh my god! As we see these podlings, they turn pale and have all the life sucked out of them. And it, and it basically turns them into slaves because they lose all their will, right? Yeah. General comes in and says, give me my juice. Where's the juice? And he's like, here you go. And he drinks it and he briefly turns young and it only lasts a couple minutes. Yeah, right? yeah. And then he's like, he, he blames it on the scientist. He's like, what is this horse shit? Like... Knocks his stuff over. He's like, it didn't work. What the? What are you trying to pull yeah. on me here? Yeah, and he goes, well, you know, and this is the darkest implication here about the events that happened in the past. You know, Gelflings lasted much longer. <laughs> yeah, we'll get <laughs> you some Gelflings. Oh, goody. They squeezed all the Gelflings dry so they could be young and live forever. Great. Mommy? <laughs> <laughs> Mommy, what's genocide? <laughs> So um, they get up to the castle, and there's some Gartham out front, and the and the Landstriders, which is what they're called, yeah. go, and the and the fight, and they knock one of the Landstriders over and kill it, and then <laughs> um, Jen and uh, Kira fall. But what happens? Uh, it turns out that uh, Kira has wings. Yeah, yeah. she's a girl. Yeah, that's what she says. He's <laughs> Jen is like, fuck, I don't have wings. And she's like, yeah, well, you're a boy. Yeah. He should have just gone, I have this. And his mouth opens up and tentacles come out. Well, yeah, of course, you're a boy. But they fall down into this cavern and then they open, they go into the sewer and they get to find out what Skeksy poop smells like, I guess. And they go underneath the sewer, and then uh, Chamberlain shows up again. Yeah. And he's like, I'm bad guy. Gimme, <laughs> gimme, gimme. And um, he grabs Kira, doesn't he? Yeah, he grabs Kira. Yeah. And he uh, knocks down the, the, the ceiling to the cave and kills him. Or he thinks he kills yeah, him. Yeah, Jen is, he's buried under the, the rubble. Right. Yeah. And so now Chamberlain goes, and Fizgig is still there. And he's like, oh no, Jen. And then he Chamberlain takes Jen back up to the main palace. And he's like, look what I brought, motherfuckers. Yeah. Give me my goddamn clothes back. Who's the man? <coughs> Not the Gelfling. We got everything. And they're like, oh, okay. They don't have the shard, but who cares? Yeah. They got the last one. Yeah. And the scientist is like, I could I could pump her dry. No, let, and let's get like, your life essence. Different drink. wording. Different wording. Yeah. I could suck all her juices out. No, 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 no. <laughs> not quite. Nah, not, not that either. Drain her of her essence? All right, that's tolerable. That's, we're getting close there. Yeah, okay, just do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so Jim wakes up and he's like, uh-oh. <laughs> 
I gotta go save Kira and I gotta heal the Dark Crystal. And they're like, okay. And so Jen starts aimlessly wandering around the castle. Meanwhile, Kira is strapped up into the, the essence draining chair. And there's a bunch of animals in there. And we forgot to establish earlier that Kira knows how to talk to animals. Right. And um, Ma Agra's down there too. And she's locked up in a, in a cage. And she tells him, hey, she tells Kira, hey, talk to the animals. Because he turns on the thing. He turns on the, the dark crystal sucker thing. <laughs> and it starts draining her essence. And she starts talking to the animals. The animals go crazy and bust loose. And they start running amok. And, they, and a bunch of them jump on top of the scientist. And he's like, ew, animals. And then he falls into the <laughs> shaft where the crystal is. <laughs> and and he, he burns up. He goes boom, and then we cut to the mystics on their way to the castle, and one of the mystics goes boom. That's right. Oh shit! And we're and we're like, what? I still don't get it. Mommy, if I die, is someone else gonna die? <laughs> <laughs> yes, honey, but you'll never know who. <laughs> now get off of the floor. And I'll tell you what a fetal position is when we get home. Get back on your seat. The floor of these theaters is filthy. Come on. So she escapes. Um, and then Jen is in the in the main crystal room. Right. And he's surrounded. There's Gartham and the yeah. Skeksis are there. And they're all like, ah, you can't heal the dark crystal. How dare you? And the suns are coming together, right? Yeah. And um, uh, he... But he leaps to the crystal to get away, but he's dropped it. He's dropped the shard. He drops the shard, yeah. Right. And Kira's like, oh, no, you dipshit. And she flies down on her wings, grabs the shard, and throws it to Jen. And then she gets stabbed. Yeah. Uh-oh. And she, she falls down. Yep. And she is dead. She's dead. And Jen's like, oh, you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> you we didn't even get that. to seal the deal, you goddamn... <laughs> Fucking vulture fucks! Yeah. You're all gonna get it out. <laughs> I'm gonna stab this crystal so good. Uh huh. And who started to show up in the castle, Steve? The mystics have finally showed up. That's right. And now the Skeksis are really freaking out. Like, oh shit! He's about to heal the thing, and the suns are coming together. And and um. Oh, by the way, if they don't heal it by the time the suns come together, the Skeksis rule for another thousand years, and you right. just can't have that no. because they'll squeeze every animal dry. <laughs> <laughs> because apparently they're not smart enough to farm them and yep. keep a few alive so that they right. can drink Thanks their Thanks for giving essences. them even more awful ideas. That's I'm just great. saying. I we mean, should just use, farm these gelflings. I'm just saying, use your head if you're evil already. You know, use your head. <sighs> so uh, the light comes down, he heals the crystal, and beams shoot out of the dark crystal like at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Except it hits all the Skeksis, and the, out of their eyes, it hits the Mystics, too. Yeah. And the Skeksis start backing up towards the crystal and the mystics start backing up to the crystal and very and very briefly it starts looking like the skeksis and the mystics are gonna have sex with each other yeah and because the mystics oh i'm sorry I, I take that back the mystics took positions around the dark crystal light came out of their eyes and then they sucked the skeksis, the skeksis yeah meanwhile uh the force of the light blew gem off the, the crystal and he's like fuck you fucks and he's picked up his girlfriend and he's like i don't give a shit anymore fuck all of you i'm gonna go dig a grave for kira hooray for thra i yeah. guess it's poddling yeah. poddling to country now <laughs> But what happens, Steve? The mystics and the Skeksis merge together, and they form these new beings, these really glowy, like, angel-looking yeah, things. The, yeah. the, the, the palace turns into crystal. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And they're like, sorry for the inconvenience, everybody, but uh, here's what happened. <laughs> so... It's we kind of our fault. Yeah, it's very much our fault. <laughs> we kind of, like, fucked with the crystal and split ourselves in half. 
So it's like there were the mystics, and we're all back together. Well, um, and Tim's like, I don't care. <laughs> and he's like, I'll hold her to you, and she'll be fine. We're magic. She'll be alive. And she turns alive. Yay. And they're like, okay, sorry for the genocide. Later. And they turn into energy, and they go up through the ceiling. Right? Yep. yep. And then Agra says something. I don't know. Oh, the two made one. That's when they were yeah. uh, becoming the two. And then everyone's happy. Oh, and the podlings are are no longer slaves anymore because I guess all their life juice went back in them or something. <laughs> Yay! Cut to the exterior and we see the big dark spooky castle, which lived in a gross, gross valley with like lightning and, and, and lava and stuff. And now it's all green and wonderful. Yay! 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 The end. The end. So, Steve, Mm -hmm. what's your opinion of this classic science fiction fantasy adventure film Mm -hmm. featuring the talents of very talented artists? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Go on. And whose entire friendship hangs in your opinion? (laughs) (laughs) The Dark Crystal. Well, this film poses the question... Can character design and production design be good enough to carry an entire movie? <laughs> and and the answer is, uh, kinda. Mm-hmm. Eh? Um, my opinion is very sharply divided, and I will start with what I liked. Uh, it looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. I cannot express how much I love the production design of this movie. How much I love the character design. There, the way there's, I have such such appreciation for it. I love the fact that it's all puppets. I think that uh-huh. I mean, I, I you know, I love the Muppets. I love uh, creature design and animatronics, and and I love, I just, I love the concept of let's make a live action movie and it's all puppets. I think that's that's right. a great idea. Um, and it's it's obvious that Jim Henson and Frank Oz and uh, Brian Froud, who was the concept artist who designed the creatures and the who produ- I've met. Oh, oh, really? I did a panel with um, with his son. Oh, cool. About puppetry uh, uh, in the digital age. Oh, wow. At a, at a convention in Santa Clara a few years ago. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, he so does... watch your mouth. He does. <laughs> no, he does... Met him, and, met him, his wife, and his son. Because he, he played uh, Toby um, in uh, Labyrinth. Yes, yes. And and he he worked in the concept art and production design for, for a lot of different movies. And uh, and, and he's he's fantastic. He's incredibly talented. And, and also the production designer for the movie, Harry Lang. And uh, just everyone involved in the making mm-hmm. of the film. It's obvious that they really uh, took advantage of the freedom that they had because of the concept and the fantasy setting and they just let their imaginations run wild and yeah. and you see that on screen. I mean, there are so many little details that add up to make this world come alive and, and feel unique and, you know, it, it, it benefits from that wonderful quality of of puppetry where you can you can create these imaginative creatures and you get also the quality of live performance you know because you can do it with animation and you can do it with digital effects and stuff but when you're doing it with puppets and with practical effects that are done on set in front of the camera you get not only the creativity of design and concept but you also get the live performance aspect and the real yeah. the real time of it and that's really really wonderful and it's um and you can do any Anything you want like you can create characters that can look anything you can imagine and when I was watching it it called to mind the difference 
between the aliens in Star Trek and the aliens in Star Wars. Because right. in Star Trek, the aliens are mostly just humans with shit glued to their heads. And right. and in Star Wars, eventually, uh, it, it embraces that use of puppetry and animatronics, and it mm-hmm. can create aliens that are truly alien that aren't that that aren't just obviously humans walking around with you know stuff taped to their bodies and shit glued to their heads and you get (laughs) and you get a lot more and you get a lot more variety and a lot more you know different creatures and dark crystal i mean it takes full advantage of that i love the care i love the skexies um i love their design i love their personalities I love the scenes of them in the castle where they're bickering with each other yep. and their costumes. I just, I, I'm so taken with them. Um, I, I love the Gartham that, that are genuinely scary. Like uh-huh. even, even as an adult, like there's like, oh my God, those are freaky looking things. Like they, they it's really, <laughs> really just so well done. Um, not all of the character designs are great. I'm not not all that fond of, of how the Gelflings look. I don't think they come across very well. I think there's a lot of uncanny valley there in their faces. Um, mm-hmm. But the Skeksy and the Mystics, I didn't mention the Mystics. The Mystics look great too. Like And, and yeah. Augra, like, so the character designs are fantastic. And, and the set design and the, the production design is just, I can't say enough good things about it. Um, unfortunately... I couldn't possibly care less about anything that happens in the movie. Uh, the, I don't care about the story. Even though I love how the characters look, I don't care anything about what happens to them. Uh, the plot, to me, is exactly the kind of hokey, incomprehensible nonsense that causes me to dislike most examples <laughs> of this kind of epic fantasy. You know, um, I wasn't emotionally invested in anything that happened. I found a lot of it to be kind of tedious. Uh, I'm glad that it was only 90 minutes. I feel like 90 minutes is a good running time for this. If it had gone much longer, I don't know. I, I probably would have had a much harsher <laughs> opinion of it. Um, and other and and it felt. I especially felt like when we were watching other people besides the Skeksis. When the Skeksis were on screen, I was kind of interested because I'm just I'm I'm so taken with how they look and how they act, and I'm just you know I could watch them more than more. I could see more of them than what we got, honestly. Mm. Uh, but with the other characters, it's like okay, you know, let's let's get on. And Augra. And Augra's really good too. Yeah, Augra's really good too. And um, I did appreciate they throw in a little twist to the typical MacGuffin plot because they sort of set it up as like it's going to be a quest for the shard and then Jen finds the shard relatively quickly and without too much no. trouble and then from that point on it becomes well okay now I've got it what do I do with it uh, and I thought and that's not exactly a mystery either but I appreciated that little it, it, it wasn't a standard quest movie right. where it's like he must find the MacGuffin he finds it and then he's like alright I got it now what um, yeah I was looking things up about the movie and I I, uh, I, I went on to internet movie database and i saw this as one of this is a log line that was uh submitted as one of the as like a a summary for the movie and it says on another planet in the distant past a gelfling embarks on a quest to find the missing shard of a magic crystal and so restore order to his world and i feel like there are two kinds of people there are the kinds of people (laughs) there are the kinds of people who would read that and immediately they want to see that movie. Yeah. And then there are the kinds of people who would read that and they wouldn't even make it to the end of the sentence because they've fallen asleep. Right. And I'm the second type of person. Uh, I really, really admire a lot of this movie. I, I, I 
absolutely admire the, 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 the work that went into it and uh, the, the character design, the production design, the performances of the puppeteers, especially the voice acting is kind of hit and miss. Some of it's really good. Some of it's kind of, uh, but the puppet, I mean, the puppetry is amazing and they really do bring these characters to life. So, and I like it so much that I really wish that this was a better movie um, because the parts of it that I like, I like so much. And yet the overall response to it is just kind of, eh, yeah. you know, so I, I appreciate and admire the artists who made it. I mean, I have nothing but respect for Jim Henson and Frank Oz as filmmakers and as performers and as creative mm -hmm. people. And by no means do I think this is a bad movie. Uh, but I can't honestly say that after it was over, I thought it was such a good movie either. It's just sort of, oh, okay. You know, uh, uh, yeah. so there you go. That's, that's what I thought of the dark crystal. And can I just say, can I just say, I did not see this as a kid. Uh, I did not, I actually, I had not seen it all the way through until I watched it for this. So I don't have like a lifetime of, of affection and nostalgia for it. Keep uh, it, keep in mind, I have genuine love for He-Man and She-Ra, the secret of the sword. And that is a hundred percent because I first saw it when I was seven years old. <laughs> so if I had seen this movie when I was a kid or a teenager and it, it imprinted on me, I might well still have a great deal of affection for it too, but I don't have that. I'm coming at it as a, a grown cynical hateful adult and <laughs> and i just i have to honestly say i admire a lot of it but as overall i just kind of have to shrug and say eh, it wasn't bad so okay there you go all right great you can turn off your microphone oh cool now. i'm done okay bye. <laughs> bye folks goodbye everybody just make sure to sign your your paperwork as you're leaving. <laughs> I don't even get an exit interview. No, this, this fuck was you. here's your exit interview. <laughs> fuck you, Steve. <laughs> this was the exit interview. <laughs> uh, I agree with, with a lot of what Steve said. I hate this movie. No, no. Just... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Didn't expect that, um, did you, folks? The thing about the Dark Crystal, the word that I think of every time I think of the movie, is not fantasy or you know special you know, special effects or anything like that the movie that comes to mind is ambitious i don't think this movie would be made now maybe i mean there's been a resurgence in dark crystal popularity because of nostalgia the nostalgia machine but if the dark crystal had never existed and someone approached somebody and said hey we want to make a puppet movie and everything's a puppet and there are no people no they would have gotten a flat no and that would have been it there would have been no way this movie would have been made <laughs> Henson was interested in pushing puppetry and puppetry on film, and he wanted to push where he could go. And I think that that's where the ambition shows through in the film. His original concept for this was that nobody spoke English, that everyone spoke a made-up language, and everything was subtitled. That's ambition. He managed to tailor it back, um, but for the most part, to make a movie like this and have it be, you know, get a wide release in theaters was writing wholly on Henson's name. Okay, it was a Jim Henson production. This is before he had anything to do with Disney or anything else. This also generated a good deal of revenue for Henson's company because other companies said, we want you to create a creature for us, for X movie or whatever. Um, but that also wasn't the point of the film. He wanted to tell a story. He wanted to tell like a fairy tale. But he didn't want it to be like fairy tale set here in in uh, in you know from Europe. So he just made up his own. Um, I'm not going to go on about how beautiful this movie is or how well it is. I watched this movie for the puppetry, um, but I'm not necessarily watching this movie for the plot. Plot is straightforward. Dude's got to find a thing, and then he's got to heal the thing. Oh, and it turns out the dude who was the last of his kind isn't great. Dent. He finds you know he heals the thing. Everything's fine at the end. That's great. 
Um, so I'm in it for the artistry. I'm in it for the actual puppetry that's going on, the design work, the world that he creates. It's all great. It's whole, right? But there's a reason why we like the Podlings. There's a reason why we like the Skexis. There's a reason why we like Agra. Because they have character. When it got to Jen, it was like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> The two lead characters in this movie are as boring as shit. <laughs> and that's a problem. They had no life to them. They were also kind of hemmed in by Brian Fowne's des- uh, design for the Gelflings. I think they had a hard time being able to give those Gelflings a full range of expression. And when you had the voiceover work, which also wasn't that great, they seemed very flat. You don't need to have a wide range of expression to be able to convey emotion. The Mandalorian wears a helmet the entire time. <laughs> but we get what he's feeling because of the way he turns his head and the way the tone has been set. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, with Jen and Kira, they don't have terribly expression, uh, uh, expressive faces, so it's hard to convey, convey what they're feeling, especially when their voices are kind of drab. It's why I always know what Agra's feeling, but I don't, and what the Skeksis, and the Skeksis have even just as limited faces, yeah. right? But you get what they're, what they're up about and what they're feeling. So it kind of falls in the story area. You had this great, I'm going to create this world, we're going to populate with all this stuff, and it's going to be original. What about the dialogue for the people? Fuck it. No, we're just going <laughs> to... <laughs> we're just going to... We're just going to go for it. It'll be fine. They're heroes. They don't need any personality. Yeah, they do. Yes, they do. They do. I need to care about them. And I think if, if Steve, for a minute, cared about Jen or Kira, he would have a different opinion. But we don't. For and sure. it's a hindrance. It's a hindrance. Because they're boring. They're boring main characters. Does that mean I hate the movie? Nope. I love this movie for everything else. I love what the Skeksis represent. Even if it's in the broadest strokes. They're ultra-capitalist that literally suck the life out of people and turn them into slaves. Now, is that intentional in the script? Yes. Jim Henson wrote... Jim Henson came up with this story. Of course he did. What are their (laughs) names? The General? The Chamberlain? They're all power... They're all... They're all, um, you know, uh, like, I think the the original one was going to be the politician. Yeah. But they're all playing politics with one another. They're all about power and staying in control. But that's not a subtle metaphor. It's right there in your face. They're ugly, (laughs) giant creatures that terrorize everybody and they're in control. So, I don't hate Steve for not liking this movie. I expected it. That's how well I know it. <laughs> it was a trap, and I, I walked right it into it. Be, I appreciate the production design, but it had Gelf, which sounds like Elf, which rhymes with I hate it. And so he wasn't good. <laughs> exactly. But that doesn't bother me. A lot of people don't get it. A lot of people don't like it. I don't think Steve didn't get the movie. I didn't think he's like, I was confused and I got scared. <laughs> <laughs> and I understand the disinterest, but I mean, I genuinely liked it. Um, and and the, the story was really did just kind of feel like an afterthought. It really felt like production first, story second. And that's a problem, especially for me because I love narrative so much. But I love puppetry. So then I have that that I like, and I love design. And then I have that that I like. And there are enough characters in there that I genuinely like so that I'm entertained. And so, yeah, I'm going to recommend it, Steve. Up yours. How about that? (laughs) Gee, I'm not terribly surprised. <laughs> no, look, everything that you like about it, I liked about it too. I guess I just we 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 weighed things a little differently and Go it, on. for me it just Mock wasn't me like I mocked you. <laughs> Pretend to be me. I'm talking about this movie. <laughs> 
It's only fair. I did it to you. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, I the things you liked, I also liked. I guess I just didn't if, like them quite you enough. Don't do it. I'm the one that looks like an asshole. Please, <laughs> please mock me at the end. <laughs> you really like this movie? No, I don't know. You can't do it because he's so nice. He is so nice. You asshole. You like this movie? <laughs> you fucking nerd. Here, here's how you could have mocked me. I'm Jason, and I like puppets more than I like good movies. <laughs> sounds just like me. It sounds just like something I would say. I know, I know. <sighs> no, I can get, I understand every reason why you didn't like it. Because mm. I can see it for myself. But there are overriding things that makes me enjoy it. Is it for everybody? Uh, no. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure there are grandma and grandpas out there that went, what the fuck is this? This is against God. That's what this is. <laughs> the only one that came back to life isn't that little Kira thing that I kind of find sexy. What are you saying? Shut up. No. I said kind of. Only Jesus came back to life. I said kind of. <laughs> Mildred, will you put these fairy wings on? What? And the ears. Come on. <laughs> and the ears. Ah, so yeah, I'm gonna recommend it, Steve. Not recommend it, great. Not recommend it. Child is dead inside you. <laughs> I, as I said, and look, this is—I mean, I—I I honestly and truly, down to my bones, love He-Man. So I have no standing to judge anyone else for liking this movie. He really like, does love He-Man. I, I really, mean, that, not, no, not ironically. No. Not in some sort of sarcastic way. He genuinely loves he When I sit down to watch an episode of He-Man and the little filmation thing goes across the screen, the I am genuinely having a good time. It's not ironic. It's not like, oh, isn't this stupid? I'm I'm loving it. So If only they could have done a MacGyver He-Man crossover oh, somehow. Oh, man. MacGyver could have found so much on Eternia to make stuff out of. <laughs> Him and Man at Arms could have been trapped in a room on Snake Mountain. They would have called him MacGyver. Mac yes, yes. Oh, that's so perfect. That would have been his. Yes. <sighs> anyway, so yeah. Make me a hand glider, you boob. <laughs> you left him alone in a room full of stuff. <laughs> I told you never to do that. But I know, I know, you genuinely yeah. love things, and yeah, yeah. So no one, no one's holding that against you. I'm not. No, and 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 I, everybody loves things for different reasons, and you know, mm -hmm. like you said, it does, it doesn't for whatever reason, whether I came to it too late or it just doesn't, it's just not my cup of tea for any number of reasons. It doesn't, it doesn't touch me. You know, it, I admire it. I can stand back from it and go, there are parts of this that I think are really, really great. But for whatever reason, it doesn't, it doesn't make it in. It doesn't. I don't think of it as like, oh. This is something I love and want to hold close. Um, but yeah. there are a dozen other things that I do feel that way about that other people look at and go, really? <laughs> like that? Yeah. You know, so yeah. and that's everybody. So. And some are harder to defend than others. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some are, right? some are downright impossible to defend. I can't defend my love of Ultraman. I cannot. <laughs> There's no way. I would never ask you to. Oh, thank you. Thank God they didn't make a movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, Steve. Yes. Do you have a movie that you would like to recommend since you hated these this movie's magical stinking guts? I, I do. Um, I'm bending the rules a little bit because I think this was only ever shown on TV. But, uh, How dare you. But I had a hard enough time trying to think of something because after... Oh. 
After I watched you <laughs> after after I watched this movie and I and I decided that I was I was gonna come down on not recommend, I thought, oh shit, now what am I gonna recommend? Because I can't think of another movie in the genre that I would recommend because I don't generally mm-hmm. care for the genre. And right. and there are other movies that are kind of like this one, uh, but uh, like the the big one is one we're probably gonna review at some point. And uh, I don't so I don't want to say like my recommendation is Labyrinth, because we're probably gonna do Labyrinth at some point and, at some point and I haven't seen Labyrinth for a long time so I don't even know if I like Labyrinth or not um, <laughs> Jennifer Connelly's in it so I probably do but yeah I, but she's but all young again, and it's hard to find her hot exactly so there's that I feel I, w- I might like it and then think what is wrong with you you know why is he still sticking his groin right in her face like, she's 16 years old what are you doing she's a child I know um, what religion you are Bowie what is going on oh <laughs> uh, and then I'm like, David Bowie didn't do that many movies, so I mean, I kind of have to like it when he does one, right? As like, much as much as people talk about his groin in that film, I think some people watch it expecting a scene where a goblin is like his face is right next to David Bowie's bulge and just staring at it, <laughs> looking at the audience, staring back at it, looking, pointing at it for like an extended period, like ten minutes. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> so so I had a I had a hard time trying to figure out what to recommend and I finally decided to hell with it uh I'm going to lean in to the elements of the dark crystal that I did really like and I'm going to recommend that everybody watch a documentary called The World of the Dark Crystal which is about the making of the movie and you get to see all of the the artistry behind the screen you get to see uh-huh. Jim Henson and Frank Oz and Brian Froud and and the other puppeteers and everybody. designers yeah. and 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 it, I mean it's for for a behind the scenes making of documentary it's actually pretty well made like there's actually some actual mm-hmm. filmmaking going on here it's not just talking head yeah. talking head talking head you know, behind the scenes, B-roll talking head. They actually went to the trouble of making a documentary about the making of the movie. And you get to see all the parts of it that I think are genius, like the character designs and how they perform these incredibly complex puppets and creatures. And it's just fascinating. And, uh, the uh, you know uh, Gene Siskel used to say uh, that a good test for whether or not a, you like a movie is would you rather see the movie you're watching or would you rather see a movie of the exact same people having lunch? And 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 for me, there is no movie there is no movie of the people who made the Dark Crystal having lunch, but there is this really really interesting documentary about the people who made the Dark Crystal making the movie and and talking about it. And so that's what I'm recommending. Whether and uh, you know whether you liked the movie or you didn't, it's just a really fascinating if you like movies if you like puppetry if you like seeing behind the scenes things my recommendation is to check out the world of the dark crystal i think it's it's a special feature on the dvd of the movie and also it's on youtube yeah. and it's on available online a couple other places so check out mm-hmm. the world of the dark crystal that is my recommendation wow well you didn't like the dark crystal but you respected its artistry but you recommended the making of yes well you don't like the lord of the Rings series but you respect its artistry i've got about 12 hours oh. of behind the scenes stuff for Okay. For for those those movies, Steve, I bet you love oh, it. Oh well, the thing is, this is only an hour long. Interviews. So. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. 
how they made the stuff, all the guys who draw it, I, the computers, I, I can't, things. I can't do that. You can do I it. Can't do can. <laughs> I can't can. do that. I can't do it. It's all about movie crap. I can't do it. <laughs> Talking with Tolkien scholars uh, about stuff. Uh, man, I change the channel when Stephen Colbert starts going on about Tolkien. You can see Christopher <laughs> Lee hiding his disappointment that he's not playing Gandalf. <laughs> The looks he gives McKellen. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <sighs> okay, my turn. I'm going to not recommend a movie from the same year as the movie that we just recommended. It's 1982. Ooh. I'm doing a polar opposite. The movie I'm not recommending <laughs> is based on a fucking s- s- musical that never should have been made, and they turned it into a movie, and that's called The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Oh, man. Starring Burt Reynolds and, and, and Dolly Parton. And it's a movie about a whorehouse in Texas, <laughs> and 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 it gets shot down by a preacher man from from New Jersey, which is totally wrong, isn't it, <laughs> those, Steve? Those New Jersey preachers are just the worst, aren't they? It should have been some Bible thumper from the South, oh, but nope. Well, then you, it should have been some televangelist because it has to be someone from from the North to do the you know people. If people yeah. if they would just leave us folks down south alone, everything would be fine. And it's the most funnest, non-exploitive of women whorehouse in all of Texas. And gee golly, it's a shame that it gets shut down, but it's okay because Dolly Parton and Burt Reynolds get married at the end. Yay! Yay. It sucks. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Don't go see it. Don't go see it to think it's going to be so bad it's funny. It's not. It's not. It's stupid and I hate it. <laughs> All right, Steve, mm-hmm. you know what time it is? It's time for me to make a terrible choice. That's oh, right, boy. my friend. Hey, everybody, at the end of every episode, I make Steve choose between three movies blindly, and when the one he picks is the one we're going to review next time around. Oh, so, Steve? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you can choose between A, B, or C. Ooh, I have decided I'm going to choose A. You choose A! Yes. Yay! Had you chosen B, the movie we would have reviewed was The Secret of Nim. Oh, okay. The only good movie by that guy. Oh, oh, damn. <laughs> oh, let me put it this way. The only one that I watched. <laughs> I, don't, it's, I was not interested in any of the other movies. That he, Maybe Tom, he did some Tom other work. Out made. You, so you're not, um, a, you're not a Land Before Time fan. I didn't want to watch the one about Jewish mice. I didn't want to watch the... <laughs> Completely historically inaccurate one about the surviving <laughs> Russian family. And oh, Jewish mice. That's what they were. I they know. were little Jewish mice. I know. Had you chosen C, we would have watched, arguably a classic, but maybe not, Fritz the Cat. Ooh, oh, okay. Are you starting to notice a pattern? Uh, they're animated. They're animated. Animated. But you chose A. So the next time we sit down to review the movie that's going to be on our dissection table oh, is boy. going to be Toy Story. <gasps> Ooh. The first Pixar movie. Yeah. The one that started it all! Yay! They're still making sequels to it. <laughs> no, why? They won't let it die. Why not? <laughs> they should have been incinerating that garbage thing in, <laughs> in three. <laughs> Holding hands and making Jason cry over fake shit. They keep finding new ways to traumatize the audience. <laughs> and Woody, if you think Oh, yeah, it. that's true. He couldn't. He can't be well after all <laughs> these Woody's- years. 
<laughs> when he's just been suffering through a series of psychological traumas. If no, you think about he's it. he's he's got to have some dark moments when he's in private, you know. <laughs> That's it, Toe. If you guys want to get all the jokes, then watch Toy Story. I'm sure you have a copy of it somewhere. <laughs> you do. Just look. You've you got do. one. Relate seating. This has been Jason Harding, and go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives. What's writing? <laughs> I think someone should have asked that in this. <laughs> that's, that's what. It's not only is it a quote from the film. It's what I turned and said to my wife at the end of the film. <laughs> What's writing? And she went, oh, no, it's it's another stroke. <laughs> Let me get your pills, Steve, so you can remember what writing is. <laughs> What's blankets? Oh, it's, oh, even it's worse, worse than I thought it was going to be. Are you my mommy? <laughs> oh, no. You remember Batman, though, don't you, motherfucker? You never forget that shit. <laughs> the monsters on the uh, Batman? <laughs> <laughs> Batman. Oh, Batman. You... Bruce Wayne. Bat Bruce Wayne, Batman, ba Alfred, Alfred, Joker, Penguin. Harold, the little dwarf who lives in the Batcave and builds all of his stuff. <laughs> Batmite. Batmite. Ace the Bathound. Who am I? <laughs> La lady? <laughs> Where's Aunt Harriet? Why are there monsters on the TV? <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Okay, give it a minute, give it a minute. I th I think I should be okay because... I feel like I, I'm on a date with you. I'm, <laughs> just a second. Just gotta wait, gotta, gotta wait for the Viagra to kick in. Just hang on. I really have to get home. Just a second. Just wait. <laughs> Look, do you want to do this or don't you? Don't talk. <laughs> don't say nothing. Just sit there and be quiet. Don't talk. Don't look at me while I do my dirty business. <laughs> when you talk, it ruins it for me. I really didn't envision my first time being with a man who said he needed to do his dirty business <laughs> in me. I need you to shut your mouth. <laughs> it's the only way this is going to work. When I'm done, I want you to say breakfast is ready, Stevie. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's not right. It's not. But That's not you, right. When have I when have I been right? <laughs> it's funny. We, we we were watching an old episode of MacGyver this morning, and it was the one uh, MacGyver. where MacGyver. Yeah, I love MacGyver. It's like one of my favorite shows ever. And I, you don't have to tell me that. I love MacGyver, and uh, it's the one from the first season where he gets he's stuck at the airport that's been taken over by thieves who are trying to get away uh -huh. with like their hijacked armor car. And one of the right. one of the characters who works at the airport is this guy who's like a traumatized Vietnam vet. Um, and like he was taken as a POW and now he's afraid to fly and you know and he's wor yeah. he works there with his girlfriend and me and Ashley were making fun of we're telling like sick jokes about the the, the plot and I, I said you know <laughs> like the, the his girlfriend is with MacGyver and it's like she's talking to MacGyver about her life with with Dave the traumatized vet and she's like yeah you know he can't get an erection unless I scream at him in Vietnamese <laughs> oh, so. God. How come those jokes don't wind up on your YouTube show? I don't know. Now they're just going to wind up as an outtake at the end of this episode. <laughs> I, I give you permission. Are you recording? Yes, I'm recording. Yes, we're ready to go. We're good. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. 
You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Lemmy Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Lemmy Listen. And thanks for listening. <laughs>